<laughs> hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to Kick Ashery. This is Danny Farrar, and I am super freaking stoked that this dude decided to take some time out of his morning to to BS with us a little bit. Uh, real quick, what is Kick Ashery? I was just telling Danny, this is basically my opportunity to brag on amazing people in my life, whether directly they've either had a direct impact on me or they've just had an impact on me without even knowing it. And I think that's one of the cases right here. You know, Danny, I'm going to let him do his 30 second elevator pitch here in a second. But the thing is, is Danny's all over the place. Danny's had such an insane impact on his community and it's gone way beyond his community. And that's super, super ridiculous. So, man, give us your 30 second. What, what is your elevator pitch? Who is Danny Farrar and what do you do? I mean, I, I think I'm a, an, an average guy. And what I mean by that is that most people are so are so worried about putting on this, you know, this public persona of perfection that they, 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 they don't wear their heart on their sleeves. They don't wear their mistakes. Uh, you know, I learned uh, a long time ago that if you actually go ahead and put all your broken pieces out there, it makes you a lot more relatable to people because they realize, especially if you film any type of success, you show them that, you know what, it, it really is never too late to start over. I didn't, uh, good morning, Michelle. I, I didn't even know uh, what I wanted to be till I was in my mid thirties. Uh, you know, so, and I still am not totally sure I know what I want to be when I grow up, but for me, you know, I led a, a very Jerry Springer life. I was adopted when I was two years old. I was molested by my brother and sister growing up. Um, Barely, that kind of led to me being really overweight. I was almost 300 pounds at one point in time. I didn't do well in school. I actually graduated 146 out of 147. And based off of that, I honestly spent most of my life telling myself that I was stupid, which really limited a lot of the stuff that we could have accomplished. Um, then from there, I went into the Army. I uh, took the first team into the Pentagon on 9-11 to remove remains. Uh, combat tour in Iraq from 05 to 06, over 700 convoy missions uh, throughout the theater. Wound up homeless, got fired from my first job I ever did, which coincidentally was Jim's sales. Uh, first marriage fell apart, uh, ended up uh, attempting suicide, uh, spent three days in the psych ward at Frederick Memorial uh, Hospital. And, and that profound event <clears throat> obviously impacted my life. But I came out of there, uh, Muhammad Ali once said, it's not the mountain that gets you, it's the pebble in your shoe. And a lot of us just don't take the shoe off and let the pebble go. And so when I was in there, I said, hey, you know what? we got to turn this around. And, and that's what we did. And together as a team, I have an awesome support structure around me. I surround myself with great leaders who lead and mentor me. And from there, you know, we went from being homeless and eating out of trash cans to literally one of the fastest growing companies in America, 2,644th to be exact, uh, is recognized by Inc. 5000. Uh, we have... Uh, started a concept which started off as uh, DDT Fitness and became Soldier Fit. Uh, we had eight gyms open. We franchised the company, four corporate, four franchise, uh, six franchises in development uh, right now. Um, I think Oshkosh, Wisconsin or Mount Airy, Maryland are going to be kind of fighting to see what's going to be the next one to open. Um, you know, employ over 80 people, over 3,000 members, uh, got a beautiful baby girl, awesome wife, and, and living the dream. Dude. Um, that, that, that's a hell of an elevator pitch. Uh, just saying, just, just, just putting that on the table. That's a hell of an elevator pitch. Here's the thing, Danny. And it, I, I hope you take this for what it's worth. You and I, you and I aren't, aren't buddy buddies. I, you know, I mean, you might recognize me on the street if I walk by, maybe, you know, we've, we've done some stuff together, sort of, kind of. And I, I have to be honest, you know, when I started this whole project, 
um, when I first started this project, I was like, I don't know what kickassery is going to be. I don't know what it's going to be like. And one night I just got a, I just got a wild hair up my ass because I was kind of, I was actually sitting with my kids, putting them to bed. And I'm sitting there on my phone waiting for my son to finally conk out. I was like, you know what? I got a wild hair up my ass. I was like, you know, why not? I'll reach out to Danny. Danny, blah, 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 blah. And like a half an hour later, you responded. You're like, oh, hell yeah, let's make this happen. And dude, it freaking floored me. Absolutely floored me that you would be willing to take time. And it really, it really solidifies to me that you are on this trajectory of success that a lot of us are aspiring to. And, and you're just, you're just keeping, you're just going and going and going and going. And yet, you know, you're like, uh, Dale, yeah, that dude. Okay, sure, why not? <laughs> well, I can, I can tell you, uh, I, obviously, I see the stuff that you put for your, your mornings with Dale uh, when you're riding, uh, driving into work, you got your car going. But really, you know, as, as best as I can, um, I really do try to, if, if anybody's trying to do anything that is chasing their dream, I really do try to help any way I possibly can. And that all comes from, you know, what was done for me. Master Mike Moses, uh, you know, we're here. You know, every year we give away the Master Mike Moses Inspiration Award. It's the highest award you can get in the company. And that guy gave me a chance when I literally could do, I couldn't do a damn thing for him. And, you know, every year as the company continues to grow, I'm a big I'm a big believer in Dance with the One Who Brought You. I'm a big believer. Remember where your roots come from. And, you know, I look at him, and every year as that room gets bigger and bigger, we had our, this was our first year we did a cocktail party for all the uh, cadre. And I said, hey, listen, everybody that's in this room, all 3,000 people that are in here, they're here because one man gave me a chance right? with, no, with no hope of real reward for him in it. Um, and you just never know. I'm a big, you know, big believer in the butterfly effect. You yeah. never know what it's going to, uh, how it's going to help somebody. And if you change one person, I, I know people are going to think it's trite, but if you help one person, you really can uh, change not only their lives, but the world as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you, man. I'll tell you, you know, one of the things with this whole kick assery thing is, um, like I said at the beginning, it's my opportunity to brag on people, man. And it, it's so funny how that has come back around for me. And you, I don't feel that now, granted, we don't know each other great, but Danny, I don't feel that you're a guy that is doing this to put a big feather in your hat. I, I don't see you, you know, there's a little bit of that or we wouldn't do it. You know, we wouldn't be in front of people if we didn't get a little bit of a spark of, of something that, that fills our cup, you know, but the thing that I've struggled with and I still struggle with internally is, and, I, and I've talked about this a lot the last couple of weeks is arrogance versus confidence. You know, I, I despise arrogance and, you know, the thing that I really appreciate about you and, and watching you in, in the short period of time that I've known you growing in your businesses and in your platoon 22. And, and now that you're going for, you know, a political seat is you're just like, here it is, here it is. This is it. You know, and uh, I appreciate that, man. You know, I, I tell people all the time, and, and listen, I'm, I, I swear to you, I'm not going to turn this into a, a Bible thumping series because I don't even know enough about the Bible to thump it, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, do, I do consider myself a Christian. Um, uh, you know, again, even though I can't really quote anything uh, in the Bible that well. But part of the reason I, did, I do consider myself that is something that you kind of talked about, is that I really do think it's absolutely impossible. The notion that kind of resonated with me was original sin. 
I really do think it's absolutely impossible for us to do anything from not a selfish manner. At the end of the day, what you touched on is very true. I hate when people go, I don't get nothing out of this. Stop it. Stop it. it, it helping people, and there's nothing wrong with that. Just acknowledge it. Accept it. Helping people makes you feel good. Yeah. And if we look at the base level of what we're all trying after, you know, we get past one of that Maslow's like basic needs. Once we eat and get water and we want to feel good. So if you go out and you help people and it makes you feel good, that's a reward you get. OK, so and there's nothing wrong with that. Be honest with it. I, I, I love when we're able to help somebody do it. I don't do things for materialistic uh, value. I mean, people are going to look at me and say that I'm stupid and I'm, I'm cool with that. I can't access none of my bank accounts. I really truthfully don't know. I have to ask my wife. My wife sent me in to drop a check off one time and she didn't do it anymore because I went to, and they were like, which account can you put in? I was like, I got more than one account. <laughs> I have to call my business partner um, to be able to log into our business account. I Once you get out of a trash can, man, your motivation is different. I, yeah. It just it just is. I, I don't say that from a, a standpoint that I'm that I'm better or, or, or than anyone else. I just I just not motivated by that. There's nothing wrong if you are motivated by money. It, it, the weird thing is I have zero doubt in my mind that at some point in time I'll be a millionaire. I don't. For me, it's a matter of fact thing. Like, but it's not why I'm doing it. And so I try to pursue the passion of just helping people. I spent, again, I go back and I spent most of my life telling myself I was stupid. And one of the things I'm most proud of about Soldier Fit is that, and this isn't all of our members, but so many people walk through those doors that have been looking to be a part of something bigger than themselves their entire life. They've been looking for a place where they could come in um, and not feel judged, that they could be accepted as who they are and for what they are. And I think part of the reason why people are able to do that is that. Not only myself, but members of our cadre was with our employees. Uh, you know, I encourage them. Where are your mistakes? Be real. I mean, we have people that, you know, have had run-ins with the law that work there. We have people that have had substance abuse problems work there. And I'm like, be real. Be honest. People will respect it. And you're, you don't know who's walking in those doors because that first time you meet, you don't know what they're going through. Yep. So if you're real and honest with it, you may help them. Get over the hump. So let me ask you a question. You know, wearing, wearing your, your skeletons on your sleeve, you know, keeping your closet open, so to speak. Uh, I'm totally with you on that one. I've learned those lessons the hard way several times over the years. But for you specifically, you know, let's just be honest. Let's just, you know, humility aside for a moment. You know, you're an owner of a highly successful business. You lobby at the in Washington, D.C., you have an extremely impactful and successful nonprofit that, that you founded and, and continue to run. You are, you know, running for a political seat. You've been on men's, uh, was it men's, no, um, cover of the magazine. Men's Health. Yep. Help, men's Health. Thank you. Sorry about that. You know, so for, for, for a lay guy like myself, you know, for someone from the outside that's looking at your resume, that's seeing your successes, you can be very intimidating, you know, and how do you handle that? Well, so the first thing I have, and no fault of you, I just want to make sure I correct one thing that you said. I no longer run uh, Platoon 22. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So I stepped off of that when I decided to pursue the uh, uh, 
uh, political side of the house just because I didn't ever want there to be conflict of interest. I've been right. very, very That's smart. honest about that. That's smart. Um, so I, I did want to say that. Uh, but, you know, the funny thing about the intimidation factor is that I, I actually, and, and people are, I think people think I'm joking, but I struggle with confidence all the time. Um, I understand that. I, I you know I go into a lot of situations um, and, you know, it's just going to always be the case. I think if you're ever really overweight at one point in your life, I think if you've been kind of beaten down uh, to the point that I have, uh, there you always see the fat kid in the mirror and you always see all of your failures in the mirror. The, the only thing that I've been able to do is kind of keep working past those. But, you know, I sat down and the only way I could kind of give any advice is I sat down and I still struggle with that. You know, we have franchised the company, right? And we go through what's called a discovery day. And discovery day is the last day they went through probably about six months of vetting before they actually come. They sat down with Dave and I to be either gay or nade on being awarded the franchise. And, you know, I look at these folks' resumes and I mean, we've got folks that run major operations. We got folks with do- master's and doctor's degrees. And I'm just looking at this stuff. And here I am with my you know, general studies uh, associate's degree uh, that took me like seven years to get. And I'm like, why do you guys want to franchise? I mean, y'all are smart people, right? And so, you know, and this is one thing that we've talked, me and David talked about recently. I take for granted, and I think a lot of us do, we take for granted the talents that we do have. Yeah. And yeah. we take for granted the abilities that we do have. And where the, you're your hardest critic and you sell yourself short. The one thing that I would caution against that, and this is something that we're, we've learned now going on 10 years in business. You know, one place that we failed, just to be very honest, is we didn't give uh, the proper support to some of our employees because we took for granted that we've been doing this for 10 years and we know all of this stuff, right? Yeah. So we just assume that when you come in, you know all of this stuff. Right. And it's actually something that we, you know, we've rectified, we work at now, we're spending much more time in the training process and hands-on. Um, but it's just learning curves, right? Yeah. So you don't challenge yourself, but don't, don't hate yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, you're so right, man. And I'm not even putting what I'm doing on the same level as you because you've got a lot more years in it and, and you've been able to to multiply your efforts, which is amazing. And that's a process that I'm going through right now. And what I'm doing is I find it so I was just talking to a, a mentor of mine yesterday and the other day about this is it's so it's so ironic to me when I reach out to people for just doing this and they're like, well, I don't think I'm good enough for you. I'm sitting there going, good enough for me? Who the hell are you talking to? You know, I mean, and and I struggle with self-confidence issues too, man. My self-esteem, I, I have to work on it every day. And and it, it it's a daily process. It, it really is. And, and I think it's so easy for, for us to forget, maybe that's the right way to put it, that, you know what? It doesn't matter if they have a PhD. It doesn't matter if they have 50 million in the bank. Guess what? They've got shit they're dealing with on a daily basis, just like you and I. And it's so easy to put them on a pedestal because I've done it the majority of my life because I've been down here. I, I haven't I haven't given myself credit. I haven't given myself permission to say, no, I'm I'm worth. So I put myself down here and put everybody else up on a pedestal. It's so easy to do that. 
You know, one of the things when I go around, I talk to high school kids, um, you know, everybody, I, I equate this stuff to like a marathon, right? Not because I run marathons. I actually think running marathons is insane. Uh, the, the story should give you a hint. The guy died at the end. Um, but I always equate them to marathons. If you are an innovator, if you are, are going to do something that is actually going to revolutionize an industry or if you're going to be a major change uh, agent, then you have to accept that you make up 2% of the population. So your best, your best friends, the early adopters, they only make up 15% of the population. So when you start your marathon, there's no one going to be, you got the other marathon runners that are running that little small little 2%. That's all who's going to be there. You're not going to even see, you know, your first people giving you a cup of water until about mile seven or eight, yeah. you know, and then by the time the, the general public kicks in, you're looking at mile, you know, 20. And then you want all the state innovation. That's not going to come until the end. Yeah. So, you know, if there's one thing that I think challenges millennials, and I'm one of those guys, I, I actually wrote a blog about it. I, you know, I hate the, the rap that millennials get, yeah. uh, mostly because it's really not millennials' fault. And that probably sounds like a very millennial thing to say. But the parents that raised them, you raised them. Okay? So it was a product of your leadership, coupled yeah. with the social media experiment that goes on with everything, instant gratification. But, you know, a guy I follow very much, uh, I, I love his stuff, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yep. Those, they're not built for the long game. And success isn't going to come like this. You know, everybody thinks soul defense is overnight success. We failed for five years, five years before we even got the boot camp concept to work. Yep. You know, we didn't open our first brick and mortar location until 2013. We started the company in 2000 and, um, 2007. Right. So put that in perspective. Most of our growth that took place took place after five years of failure. Well, what is it? Uh, overnight success takes ten years to make. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, you know. It's funny. People are like, "Oh my gosh!" Because I just started my body language thing back up again, and you know, people are like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, you're you're doing. So yeah, I've been working on this shit for twenty years. You, you know, I mean, I've I've been dealing with the the self deprivation and the in the in the self issues and and the confidence issues and everything else and and timing and life and you know you're a military guy I'm a mil you know I'm an army wife so we're we're traveling we're, we move all the time you know so it it makes it hard and I'm hoping I'm going to be an overnight success twenty years in the making so I'm a, I'm a little slower than the average and I'm okay with that. <laughs> But you know what? You'll never, you'll never, whenever it happens, uh, you'll never look back and go, man, all of this, all the lead up to it sucked. You know, I get asked, like, don't you wish Soldier Fit would have been successful sooner? And the no brainer answer to that is yes. But the real answer to it is no, I don't. Because I'm going to tell you, Danny, Danny 10 years ago for sure, five years ago probably, I'd have burned this shit to the ground, man. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for it. I wasn't mature enough for yep. it. Um, you know, we were actually just setting up at a, at headquarters the other day, uh, yesterday, actually. And uh, my operations, uh, the president of my operations, Russell Duvall, pulled up a photo of like one of our last, we used to go out and party all the time, right? Um, one of the last times that we went out and like really partied as a company. And I was like, man, we have come a long way. Yep. So, you know, it's it, stuff. I'm a big believer in faith. I'm a big believer in, in what you put out, you'll get. 
Um, and you just got to kind of let it go its course. So how are you, uh, you're, you're daddy now. Uh, how old is she now? Two. Uh, two and a half. Two and a half. And a half. Yeah. So how are you balancing that? You know, you have so many irons in the fire and you're eyeball deep in, in your, um, your political end of things. <laughs> how are you balancing all that, man? Um, well, you know, we are, again, I don't want to sound trite, man, but we, we're blessed. We have one hell of a support structure. Uh, you know, shout out to the girl we call our first child. We took a, a young lady in uh, when she was 16. She still lives with us. Her name's Awen Campbell, or as, as Riverland, my best friend, likes to call her, Yister. Um, you know, she helps out a ton with uh, River. Uh, Laura, uh, her mom, helps out a ton with River. Um, and then we got great grandparents. And, you know, people just love the kid. She, you know, I know every parent loves their kid and thinks their kid's the awesomest. Uh, I really believe my kid's the awesomest. Um, but what I try to focus on, and I'm not, I'm not perfect at it, um, but I try to focus on when I am there with her, that I am there with her and I'm focused on it. Um, and I give her a lot of attention and I don't just, you know, even though I do tell her she's beautiful all the time, um, let me, I'll put a, however, comma, I don't just tell her she's beautiful all the time. You know, when she does something, we focus on that was very smart. She worked very hard to get it. Um, you know, you, you put in the effort. We appreciate that. And I try to do the uh, uh, positive uh, confirmation over yeah. and over again. Yeah. I will say one thing, um, you know, not trying to sound like a wise old father, but uh, one of the things that I learned from this whole experience is that kids are so much smarter than we give them credit for. Amen. Um, you know, at two years old. I read the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. If you haven't read it, I, I recommend you pick it up. Um, but one of the things he talked about is so many of the times as parents, we lead our kids from uh, a standpoint of what we want to do. We want mm-hmm. we, Their success is our success, right? And he said in that book, he said, you can get your kid to do whatever you want to do because they're you're bigger, you're faster, stronger, smarter, the whole nine yards. But if you do that your entire life, when they get to their adolescence, when they really need you, they really mm-hmm. need your guidance, they're not going to come to you because they're going to know that you are just going to manipulate them into what you want them to do. And so, you know, I, I learned there was a day that, you know, she was acting up a little bit and, you know, I went to put her uh, in her room and shut her door and my kid doesn't cry too much. Um, and I think you can tell as a parent whether or not your kid's really crying or whether it's the, eh, the, the, the fake cry. Yeah. Yeah. And I went to shut the door, man. And she looked up at me. She had just absolute crocodile tears coming down. And I could tell in her look in her face that she felt like I was abandoned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I opened that door back up and I remember what I read in that book. And from that moment on, I promised that I would never put her by herself like that. So I picked her up. I set her down. We went to the steps. I set her down on the top step. I sat down two or three steps below. So we were at eye level. And we talked about where the mistake had been made. And we talked about why that was a mistake. And uh, at the end of it, we agreed. And a two-year-old shook my hand and agreed not to do it anymore. And ever since then, I've done every coaching, if that's what you want to call it, or daddy and whatever. If there's been a pro- an issue, I've, I've that's how we handle it. And the results have been um, outstanding. I'm sure that it's different strokes for different folks, but, you know, 
if I could say anything to anybody that's going to be having kids or whatever, my little small journey along the line is don't buy the hype that your kid doesn't get you at an early yep. age. Yeah. Really yep. You know, and it's so crazy, man. You know, uh, my, my daughter turned six tomorrow. Six. <laughs> Uh, my son just turned three and my daughter was the same way, man. She, she is smart. Like her mom, uh, you know, she was talking full sentences by two years old. You know, she's just now in kindergarten. She's already at second grade level for across the board, blah, 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 blah. I'm slightly biased, but she was the same way, man. I mean, I literally, I'd sit down with her. I'm like, listen, here's the dealio, you know, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, okay, all right. And we'd have a conversation about it. Fast forward two and a half, three years, we have our son. My son is more like me than his mom. He's just going to put his head down and he's just going to go. I'm like, you know, and granted, first child, you have more time and you're talking to them and you're not splitting your time and blah, 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 blah. And I had to learn all that the hard way. You know, of course, conceptually, we understand, we, we listen, we read, you know, I don't feel that I'm a dumb guy. I'm not the smartest on the block, but until I got in the middle of it and I'm just like, why can't you be like your sister? That was so much easier, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but at the same time though, is that he's just a blockhead and he just, he's got a ridiculous pain tolerance and he's just going to go full force. But if I can, like you said, if I can get his attention, if I can get him settled down, cause he has a temper like I do. And when it goes off, it's off. And you have to wait for it to burn out before anything gets done, right? And But sit him down. I'm like, his name's Lawson. Lawson, listen, you did this. That was not okay. Here's the consequences. And I try my hardest, Danny, and I don't succeed every day. But I try really hard to make my children make their own choice. You have option A. You have option B. Which do you choose? You know, because something that I learned a long time ago from 4-H members, mentors when I was a kid, was if you give kids the opportunity to make the right choice, almost every time they're going to make the right choice. But we as an adult, and you already touched on this, we as adults have to educate them as to the consequences to their choices. And as soon as we do that, dude, it's a beautiful thing, man. And I'm not saying I'm a, a child whisperer. I, I'm still figuring this crap out, you know, but as soon as we do that, it's amazing how they're just like, oh, okay. It, it's amazing. And I never thought I was going to be a dad. So this is all a freaking crazy experiment to me anyway. So it's, 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 hands, down, it's hands down the best thing that, I, you know, you can become. And if, I think if you, if you do it and you actually try to do it right and, you know, everybody obviously hopes the kids grow up to be, uh, you know, better than you. Yeah. Um, you know, you can lay your head and know that you, you did the most important thing you, you were supposed to do when you came on earth. Right. Right. You know, and, and the the other thing that um, you know, I, I love working with teenagers. That's one of my favorite age groups in the world. I'd rather work with teenagers than adults most days. And 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 the thing that I love seeing is when youth are present enough that's one thing you already talked about is being present being right here right now it's so easy for us to be distracted is being present and seeing kids being present and for them to choose to change legacy you know the negative legacies you know it, it seems to me like you've changed a negative legacy in your life you know you're you're you are a very aware you're a present dad 
you know, you're making healthy choices, you know, on and on and on. So I applaud you for being present enough and having the balls enough to change that legacy. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, here's the one thing that I, I think we do lose sight of. So I get paid to come in and, and publicly speak, uh, you know, for businesses or what have you. I get asked to come in and speak at schools. And, you know, I always tell folks, by paying me to come in and speak, you're, you're, you don't even realize you're establishing the fact that, and I have a huge paranoia of being a douchebag, so I always get concerned when I say the next sentence, but <laughs> you're, 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 you're admitting that what I did isn't the norm. And okay. you're admitting that it's an outlier. So when people go, uh, and I understand it, but nothing's ever black and white, right? When people go, well, so-and-so rose above their their situation and became successful. And so everyone can do it. There is some fact to that, and there is some fiction to that, in that we there are levels to this, right? There, Everybody, our resilience uh, level is different amongst people. Pain tolerance is different among people. Uh, innate ability is different amongst people, you know, and so we see things like one of the things that I always hate is how people kind of go after. And I really do feel that, you know, especially in today's age that businesses are attacked, right? Businesses are attacked because there's this whole notion of there's, um, you know, too much profit or whatever. Listen, right. I don't even make the most of my company. Okay. Period. I mean, that's just a fact. I don't. I am not the highest paid employee in the company. Um, what most folks don't grasp that have never run a business have been part of it, they don't understand how many different hats you have to wear at one time. You know, we'll take our industry. I would not I'm not even close to the best personal trainer. Not not even not a not a not a smidgen. I don't even touch the best personal trainer shoes that they threw away last year. That's the reality, right? But if you're the best personal trainer, that doesn't mean that you should open a personal training business. And this is where so many people get yep. jammed up, right? Yep. Because yep. Yep. they, one of my most, and I'm a big quote guy, but a quote that I absolutely can't stand is, if you don't build your dreams, someone else will pay you to build theirs. As if to say that being an employee is somehow, it's a bad thing, yeah. or you're less than the entrepreneur. No, it's not that at all. It is it is a different skill set. And yes. I'm always amazed that people like if I were to stand up and go on Facebook right now, and go, hey, guys, um, with busted back, no knees, really no athletic ability at all. Um, and 165 pounds, I'm going to try out for the offensive line for the New England Patriots. <laughs> people would be like, you are an idiot. Like there's, there's right. zero possibility on it. Now, mind you, the New England Patriots can charge me 10 bucks for a soda, $15 for a hot dog, and however much for tickets. And everybody thinks that, oh, that's cool. That makes total sense. Like, right. yeah, you're not good enough to play for the New England Patriots. On something like sports, we just accept that. That's right. not a big deal. Of course, there's levels to it, right? Everybody that plays football throughout America is not going to play in the NFL. Actually, it's an exceedingly small percentage. Yes, very much so. so we're cool with it. 
But when there comes this notion that not everybody is going to be able to own a business, not everybody has the skill set for it. And then within your businesses, there's going to be levels of that, right? There's going to be levels of success within that. We still, these people get mad at these major, at, at successful business owners or, or successful um, or, or major companies. And people are like, you know, we'll take things like Walmart. And I know it's a touchy subject for folks, but listen, man, if, if mom and pop grocery stores was what people really wanted, guess it's what would be? It would be mom and pop grocery stores. There was a, a transition that you can read the book from good to great. What happened with Kroger? Kroger was an example of this. Yeah. They did this. They did the studies on the population and they gave the population what they wanted. Yeah. We have what we asked for. And that's whether people like it or not. The majority asked for this. And, you know, it's actually the next um, blog that I'm going to write is we somewhere in society, I don't know when it happened. We started to assume that the size of, the, of someone's paycheck was equal to their value as a person. And nothing could be farther from the truth. Nor is it, does it mean that just because you don't make a lot of money, that you're not a vital part of the team. So yeah. the way that I, I'm going to explain this in my, in my blog is that I, I call it the lug nut rule, right? The lug nut, if you look at a set of lug nuts, you can get them for 26 bucks on Amazon, right? An uh, 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 indie race car costs $650,000 to field. That lug nut that costs you 26 bucks doesn't seem like that big of a deal in a $650,000 car. Right. What happens when the lug nut falls off right. and you lose your wheel? You crash and you burn. Yeah. So the lug nut has value. It has a ton yeah. of value, but it still doesn't justify making that lug nut cost $650,000 to do it. Right. So we were going around to our locations and we had an employee that said uh, they worked the front desk for us. Um, and she said, well, I want to take everything that's too, too small for the barracks commander to deal with off their plate. And I stopped her in that moment. I said, please, never say anything is too small for anyone else. I can pick up a broom and I can sweep the floor as easy as anyone else can. And I'll, and I'll do that. We just had different roles. Yeah. Our roles aren't different. My, my job now is to work on the business, to grow the business yeah. and, and make sure there's opportunities for people moving forward. The, the various commander's jobs is to go out and sign up new members. And they do their job, so the trainers have uh, clients to train. And the clients and the trainers do their job, run great classes, so the barracks commanders can sign people up. And the front desk person makes sure that all of these things happen, and they have a smile on their face when people come in. It's a, it's a very – everyone has a certain role to play. Yep. But each one doesn't generates revenue and thus at different rates and thus warrants different pay structure. What you make isn't equal to your worth as a person. I really wish we would accept that as a society because i think we could move forward a lot better with it and we wouldn't have this concern about work that we do well and, and very dude i love i love how you put that and and that's something that i've struggled with in in corporate america well shoot even small business it is and, and we need to wrap this up so you can get going but you know you, you touched on something is that another piece of that is when you have we'll use salespeople as a perfect example you have a stellar sales guy that just He's just kicking ass and she's she's just making all the records. So you're like, oh, 
well, this amazing salesperson is awesome. So now we're going to turn them into the sales trainer. But they're not a trainer. Yeah. They're a salesperson. They're, they're a communications person. They're a relationship building person. That's their thing. That's their niche. That's what they're successful at. But they suck at teaching other people how to do it. That's not their lot in life. That's not their skill set. And yet, for whatever reason, we as a business society, I guess, I don't, I don't have a better way to put it, is that we just think, oh, well, you're amazing at this, so I'm going to put you in management. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> now, if they have that skill set and you've identified they have that skill set and they do work, fabulous. Now, now it's like a trifecta. But if they don't, do, you're, you're screwing everything up. And and we, we have a tendency of doing that. And I think we as employees have this tendency of going, well, I need to work myself up the ranks. I need to. I need to. I need to. I need to. Well, like you said, if you have the skill set to do that, great. But if your skill set is right where you're at. Make whatever you're doing the best it ever ridiculously could be and run with it, you know. But I, I think too many companies put us in boxes and don't they just don't allow us to have that opportunity. And, and it's a little frustrating. But, man, I promised I was going to get you out here about uh, 930. And it's a couple minutes after. So I lied to you, man. I'm sorry. It's OK. No. <laughs> Danny, man, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And. And and I know you hear this all the time, and and I'm kind of a, a on the the coach here, but dude, you ha are making a great impact. You 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 have really encouraged me without ever saying a word to me, and I appreciate that. I appreciate you reaching out, and let me take up some of your time this morning. One last, give you just couple just a couple seconds here. Any advice for us? What what's your what's your last thoughts, man? Right off oh, the yeah, dome. I do want to say thank you to uh, Ms. Miller for uh, checking in and watching the show. Yeah. You support us, Soldier Fit, so God bless you. Thank you so much. I yep, appreciate yep. you helping me put food on my family's plate. Uh, the one thing I would just say, man, is that ignore the naysayers. You know, don't, don't focus on the negative. I mean, you know, you look at the political side that I'm in now, and we all say we don't care what other people think. We care. We all care. Yeah. You know, um, but you see this thing that, you know, on the political side, there's folks that, don't know me from Adam, literally don't know a thing about me. And because there's an initial in front of my name, uh, you know, they dismiss me and they hate me. You can't focus on, me. you know, you really have to look around. You have to see that. I would say almost everybody, I'm sure Charles Manson wasn't an example of this, but almost everybody has way more people that love you and support you and what you're trying to do than those one or two people that have nothing better to do than tear you down. I mean, I just literally don't do it. I, if I got something negative that I don't like about a person, I change the channel. You know, it's yeah. just, I, I get nothing from detracting from other people. So those people that, you know, do detract from you, not that they disagree with you. There's a difference. Yeah. People yeah. Being, being giving you constructive criticism, that's not a bad thing. If people are doing it in a vile, hurtful, negative way, and just change the channel yeah. because you're not going to change your mind. They're not going to listen to you. They're not going to be open to debate and never. Chase bad money using good money. Amen. Amen. All right, Danny. I appreciate you guys. Everybody else, uh, Danny, when you get chance, and I know you got to run. When you get a chance, would you put your your contact info down in the comments somewhere when you get an opportunity sure. later today? I appreciate that, so people can reach out and, and touch bases with you and kind of keep track of you a little bit more, uh, guys. I appreciate everyone. We're gonna let Danny go. 
And uh, yeah, Danny, you have an amazing day. I appreciate your time and uh, just keep kicking ass, man. You too, brother. Take care. All right. Take care, guys.